Turn with me to Hebrews 11 and verse 23. Hebrews 11 and verse 23. Elijah was a great prophet of God. Uh, he had his contest with the prophets of Baal, and uh, fire came down from heaven and consumed the sacrifice, and uh, the, the people stood up against the prophets of Baal. But Elijah had to flee for his life. He, he was threatened by Jezebel, and uh, since they had killed the prophets of Baal, she said, I'm going to make your life like one of them. And uh, he fell into fear. He descended down into a depression in his life. And he said, Lord, I'm no better than my fathers. Take my life. Um, and um, he was just struggling. But God lifted him up. And, uh, of course, the pre-incarnate Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, cooked for him. I don't know what that meal would have been like, but it must have been good. And, uh, and ultimately, he strengthened Elijah, and he sent him to the mountain to hear from God with a still, small voice. And he said, this is what I want you to do, Elijah. There's a, a new prophet I want you to anoint. His name's Elisha. There's a, I want you to anoint a new king over Aram and uh, Jehu. Uh, I want you to anoint him as king over Israel. And uh, you do this and, and finish your ministry. And Elijah was given the strength to take those next steps of faith in his life. You know, sometimes we have ups and downs in our spiritual lives. Sometimes we're at a, at a high like he was on Mount Carmel. Other times we may descend into a time of struggle. But God is there to help us in those times of difficulty. And uh, he can strengthen our faith. And that's what we all need. We need the supernatural sustaining power of God's hand uh, to strengthen us in faith. Uh, the scripture we're going to look at today talks about how different individuals in, in Moses' day, in the time of the conquest as well, uh, were strengthened by God to accomplish the things that God had given them to accomplish for the sake of his name. And uh, so we need to trust the Lord and uh, receive his strengthening work in our lives so that we can continue to trust him in life. And the title of my message is Strengthened by Faith. Uh, and look with me at verse 23 of Hebrews 11. It says, By faith Moses... After he was born, was hidden by his parents for three months, because they saw that the child was beautiful, and they didn't fear the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt since he was looking ahead to the reward. By faith he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger. For Moses persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. By faith he instituted the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch the Israelites. By faith they crossed the Red Sea, as though they were on dry ground. When the Egyptians attempted to do this, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after being marched around by the Israelites for seven days. 
By faith, Rahab the prostitute welcomed the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed. So strengthen us by faith. How does God strengthen us in faith? Well, first of all, he enables us to overcome debilitating fear. He enables us to overcome debilitating fear. Uh, the king of Egypt was not a nice guy. <laughs> uh, he wanted to murder the sons. He tried to get the midwives to do it. They feared God and wouldn't do it. So then he changed his strategy, and he said to the, the people of Israel, if you have a male child, you've got to throw him into the Nile and kill him by drowning. And uh, this was the situation they found themselves in. And uh, it had to be a scary time for the people. It had to be a difficult time. But Moses' parents were strengthened in faith. And uh, they saw Moses. It says they saw he was a beautiful child. Um, the, the idea of the word is, is also uh, the idea that he, there was something special about him. And uh, they saw this and just kind of perceived this as uh, probably God revealed to their hearts. And, and they said, you know what? We're not doing what the king has told us to do. We are going to hide this child. And hide him they did for three months until finally he got noisy enough uh, to where they felt like they couldn't hide him anymore. And as you know the story, they made the ark of the bulrushes and and, and set him in the, into the Nile in this basket. And uh, Pharaoh's daughter finds him, adopts him, and Egypt pays his mom to nurse him. Is that not amazing? Uh, God uh, took care of his people as they were strengthened by faith. And so uh, they overcame the fear that they were experiencing in life. And so as God strengthens us in faith, we can step forward in courage. Now, sometimes God asks us to take that first step to obey. And once we take that first step to obey, then the supernatural power of God comes alongside us to help us in what he's called us to do. It may be sharing Christ with someone who's lost, or it could be uh, taking that step of ministry that God's called you to take. But whatever it is, God will strengthen you in faith as you come to Him and look to Him uh, for help in these things. Uh, whatever may come in this world, God is able to strengthen His people to overcome the debilitating fear uh, that so many have. Um, I, I remember hearing about COVID and in, in, in the time when, when uh, they were doing the shutdowns and all those things and uh, just the, the fear that was there for people and also the discouragement and the depression that were there and, and many people took their own lives because of just the pressure uh, of the circumstances of that time. But I want to tell you, as a child of God, we can find God's strength in faith as we look to Him. To overcome those fears. So, um, strengthened by faith, how? He enables us to overcome debilitating fear. Secondly, He enables us to choose rich rewards. Uh, look at verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So, Pharaoh's daughter adopts Moses, raises Moses, and think about that. That's a pretty good deal. 
I mean, you're in uh, the most wealthy country of the world. You've got all these resources, all this money. Uh, look at Moses' response. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter and chose to suffer with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. He chose suffering with God's people over the wealth of Egypt. And in verse 26 is remarkable. Uh, it says, For he considered reproach for the sake of Christ to be greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, since he was looking ahead to the reward. Now, the, literally, the word there is recompense of reward. In other words, God's going to pay you back. Did you know you can't outgive God? When you choose to honor God in your life and you choose to make sacrifices for Him, listen, He's going to reward you. Uh, he is no man's debtor. And Moses said, Look, I've got this opportunity by faith. He says, I know that there's greater riches in heaven for me. As I choose to follow God and suffer with His people, um, and this is this is the choice that we can make to choose rich rewards. Remember what Jesus said: "Rejoice when men revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. For great is your reward in heaven." He also said, "If you give a cup of water in my name, you'll not lose your reward." So as we give, as we serve others, Jesus says, if you do this under one of the least of these, you've done it unto me. As we serve God, as we honor God in, in, in the service that we do for Him and the, in the generosity that we show for Him, God will reward us. We can choose those rich rewards. And it takes faith to do that, right? Uh, if you trust in your money, you won't let a hold of it. You won't let loose of it, right? Um, you know, uh, what you trust in. Yeah, you remember the you remember the uh, stock market crash years ago, and uh, I mean I wasn't I wasn't uh, in the picture at that time, but I do remember reading about it in the history books. And many people, when the stock market crashed, literally jumped off of buildings and committed suicide because they thought their life was over, because. They were trusting in money. Their security was in money. Well, listen, if your security is in Jesus, you don't, you don't have to get all upset if the stock market crashes. Um, Jesus said, hey, uh, doesn't your heavenly Father feed the sparrows? He feeds you. Doesn't he clothe the wild flowers of the field? He can clothe you. You trust him. You rely upon him. And so whether it's in, in the area of money or whether it's in the area of, of serving and, and doing something sacrificial to follow God and honor God as Moses did, uh, as we choose this path of following Christ wholeheartedly, He will reward us, and we're choosing great reward. So we do that by faith. So uh, we're strengthened by God in faith to be generous. You know, if you're struggling with that, you may have to ask the Lord, Lord, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. Help me to take this step of faith to give in the ways you're leading me to give or to maybe to 
quit my job to follow you in ministry. Sometimes God calls people to do that. Um, God will strengthen you in faith to do what he is calling you to do. So uh, we're strengthened by faith. He enables us to overcome debilitating fear, to choose rich rewards. Thirdly, to endure angry opposition. Isn't that exciting? Uh, look at verse 27. By faith he left Egypt behind, not being afraid of the king's anger. For Moses persevered as one who sees him who is invisible. Now this is not the first time Moses left Egypt when he was afraid, okay? <laughs> because he killed somebody and he knew Pharaoh was trying to take his life. This is the second time. Now he's, he's, he's had his encounter with God. God has called him to come back and to lead the people of Israel out of slavery. And what does Moses do? Time after time after time, he goes into Pharaoh's court. And Pharaoh one time tells him, if you see my face again, you're going to die. And Moses just keeps being bold. And uh, he speaks for God. Uh, and uh, he tells Pharaoh, you know, Pharaoh one time says, well, we'll send you off. You just got to leave your cattle here. Got to leave your families here. No. We will go up. Our families will go up. Our cattle will go up. God has said we're all to go up. And, and Moses was just bold. Uh, and so finally, uh, the Passover takes place, and uh, Pharaoh sends them out, and they go. And um, Moses leaves, and he's not fearing God. He's trusting God. And God gives them all the spoils of Egypt. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> it says that uh, he endured the angry opposition of Pharaoh. Have you ever had anybody be angry with you? Have you ever had anybody raise their voice at you? Have you ever had anybody yell at you? If you've been in the military, you have. <laughs> now, uh, now, listen, I, I have uh, experienced that not just in the military, but I've experienced that in ministry at certain times in the past. Um. God is able to give you the faith to move through that. And uh, sometimes he does that through the encouragement of others. Um, he, as he did with Elijah, he sent the Lord Jesus to come encourage him and to uh, cook for him and, uh, and do some things to, to bring, him, bring him strength. But uh, this angry opposition uh, is something that from time to time we have to deal with. And there may be those times where People in the world are angry with us because of the stance we take. When we say, listen, God's word says this behavior is wrong. The Bible says one man, one woman, in the context of marriage for a lifetime. That's, that's what God says. That will make some people mad today. <laughs> if you tell the right person that, uh, it will make them mad. But it's the truth. It's what we're called and as we share God's truth and as we say, hey, you know, um, we didn't need to do it in a loving way, but, you know, I can't participate in that. And, uh, you know, I'm a Christian and I, God's told me that in his word not to do that, so I can't participate in that. And uh, sometimes people will take that okay. Other times people will, do you think you're better than us? You ever had anybody say that to you? <laughs> uh, no. I'm a sinner saved by grace. 
but I'm serving Christ. So if you have that angry opposition, look to Christ and ask him to give you the grace to move through that and to trust him through that. By the way, God is more powerful than any angry opponent we could ever have. Um, he is able. Uh, you talk about powerful. Nebuchadnezzar was the most powerful man in the world of his day. God told Nebuchadnezzar, if you don't repent of your pride, I'm going to humble you. And indeed, uh, Nebuchadnezzar forgot about this. He, he steps out on his, his big veranda and he's looking at all the things he's, he's supervised, the construction projects and the beauty of probably seeing the hanging gardens there in Babylon. And he says, ah, look at all these things I've made. Look at my great empire that my hands have accomplished and all these things I've done. And God struck him with madness. And by the way, seven years are missing from the annals of Nebuchadnezzar's reign. Why? Because God struck him with madness. And his hair grew out and his fingernails grew out. And, you know, you ever seen the Guinness Book of World Records with the fingernails? I mean, he, he looked like a wild beast. He's going around eating grass in the backyard. <laughs> Make sure nobody sees this. You know, our king has lost his mind. And... Uh, Finally, uh, God restores, after seven years, restores his sanity, and he says, I acknowledge there's no God like the God of Israel, uh, that all people uh, must bow to him. And, and, uh, and so God took care of Nebuchadnezzar, uh, even though he had all of this power. Um, at times in the past, Christians have endured great persecution. Uh, I, I think of, of uh, one of the early martyrs, I, I forget if it was Arrhenius or, or Polycarp or which one it was, but he's standing before the Roman uh, officials who are about to throw him to the lions, and they say, recant of your, your religion and, and your faith in Jesus. And he says, he's not done me wrong, and I'm not going to do him wrong. And then he just starts to rebuke him. And he says, you better, you know, you're, you're not going to escape hell if you don't repent. He, he tells them what, he tells them with this great boldness and ends up going to his death from people who are angry opponents. But can I tell you, they didn't win. One day I'm going to meet that fellow. <laughs> and, you know, I'm going to ask him, okay, th this is what I read in the book. Now tell me what you really said. <laughs> You know, that's going to be fun. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to see him again. But can I tell you something? Those Roman officials, if they didn't repent, they're in hell today. You see, we are in the hands of God. Nothing can touch us apart from his permission. And if we're martyred for the faith, guess what's going to happen? We're going to get a special reward. Look at the book of Revelation. The martyrs who are killed, and the scripture says, that they're given a special place beneath the throne of God and that God will comfort them. and uh, Never again will the sun beat down upon their head. Never again will they experience this grief and pain and sorrow that they've experienced because God will honor them and bless them and give them a special place of honor beneath his throne. Because this is the God that we serve. So um, they're strengthened by faith to endure this angry opposition. So uh, we're strengthened by faith. How? Well, he enables us to overcome debilitating fear, to choose rich rewards, 
to endure angry opposition, to escape devastating judgment. Look at verse 28. By faith, he's talking about Moses, he instituted the Passover, the sprinkling of blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch the Israelites. That's one of the the most uh, riveting stories in the Bible. They're told to kill the Passover lamb. What do they do? They take the blood of the Passover lamb, and the Israelites are told to put it on the doorpost in the lintel of their homes. And if you put your hands out like this, there'll be, there'll be a blood mark here and a blood mark here and a blood mark here, but you don't trample the blood so there's none on the bottom. <laughs> it's just in the shape of a cross. Isn't that interesting? Uh, anyway, um, they, they sacrifice these Passover lambs, and God said the death angel will pass over you, and he will not destroy your firstborn if you have the blood on the door. And indeed, that's what took place. And some of the Egyptians saw it, and they did the same thing. Whoever had the blood on the door, their, their firstborn was spared. But every other firstborn in all the land of Egypt, just as Moses had warned them, perished. Even the firstborn of the animals. God worked a great judgment and a fearful judgment among the Egyptians. They said, get these people out of here. We, we're all going to die if we don't send these people out of here. And so uh, Pharaoh lets them go. But uh, they escape this devastating judgment. Can I tell you something? It's a picture of what Jesus would come to do. Jesus, the pure, spotless, obedient Son of God, went to the cross for your sin and for mine, and he died and shed his blood on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin, to satisfy the justice of God and take the wrath of God upon himself in our place. And he said, it is finished. It is paid in full. So that when you and I repent and put our trust in Jesus Christ, the blood is applied to our lives so that God's judgment passes by. Can I tell you something? My sin. Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, was nailed to the cross. <laughs> and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. It's far as the east is from the west. It's buried in the sea of forgetfulness because Jesus paid it all. He took the price for my sin so that God could pass over and not bring his judgment upon my life. So you can escape devastating judgment as God strengthens you in faith. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, you can ask the Lord, Lord, strengthen me in faith. Help me genuinely repent of my sin and put my trust in Jesus so that I can escape your judgment. And I can tell you today, that's a prayer request that he delights to answer and that he will answer. So strengthened by faith, how? Uh, we're strengthened by faith. He enables us with, uh, to overcome debilitating fear, to choose rich rewards, to endure angry opposition, to escape devastating judgment, to experience unexpected miracles. Look at verse 29. By faith, they crossed the Red Sea as though they were on dry land. As on dry land, the original says. God dried out. Can, can you imagine how muddy the bottom of a, of a sea would be? God not only split the water with the winds that were coming through, but he dried the ground out so they could walk across it and not sink down in the mud. 
I remember as an 11-year-old boy, I was up on the, the hill behind my house. We had like a mountain behind our house. And uh, me and a buddy were up there, and I, I don't know if we were hunting birds or something, you know, with our BB guns, but we, we were doing something up there. And I remember I stepped by the edge of this cow pond, and my, my foot sunk down into the mud up to about here. And I pulled my foot up, and I heard this sound, and my shoe stayed in the mud, but my foot came out. I had to get me a new pair of shoes. <laughs> but uh, uh, that would have been the situation they'd have been facing, except it would have been far worse because the mud would have been even worse. God not only split the sea, he dried the ground. And they saw a great miracle, and they were strengthened in faith. Why? They were, they were saying, oh, the Egyptians are coming after us. We're all going to die, right? But Moses said, you, you stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And he said, now you enter that Red Sea. And I'm sure that was a little bit, they're a little bit nervous. You know, you see the ocean on each side. <laughs> you got to go through the middle of it. And they stepped out in faith, and they walked across this, the ocean bed on dry ground and reached the other side. A great miracle is performed. Why? Because God strengthened them in faith so that they could see a great miracle. Oh, that God would strengthen us in faith so we could see God working his, his amazing wonders in our midst. Souls would be saved and lives would be changed by God's power. Oh, Lord, would you do it? Let us see your great, powerful work. He's still the same God. You know that he, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can still do it. He is still mighty. So as God strengthens us in faith, we can experience unexpected miracles. They thought their back was against the wall, and God did a miracle, and he opened a way through the sea. <laughs> then uh, next, as God strengthens us in faith, he enables us to win supernatural victories. What happened after they go through the Red Sea? The Egyptians follow. Now, you've got to be some kind of special stupid to do that. I mean, after all the plagues, and, you know, you'd think, I, I th it must have been a supernatural hardening of their hearts because uh, to, to do that, it was just crazy. And so they get in the middle of the ocean, and the, the wheels start coming off their chariots. And, and all this stuff starts going wrong. They say, uh-oh. Israel's God is fighting for them. And then, uh-oh, Star Wars moment. The walls start closing in, right? Uh, they, the ocean closes in over them. And every last one of Pharaoh's finest dies in the midst of the Red Sea. And the Israelites won a great victory by faith. Still today, there, I've, I've seen these pictures on the internet. There's pictures of the, where the, uh, I forget what they call this particular sea plant. It takes the shape of what it consumes. And there, you can see those chariot wheels under the Red Sea to this day. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. Uh, Israel won a supernatural victory by God's power. Listen, there's a lot of things you and I can't handle on our own. But we serve a God who can bring a supernatural victory. Take your issues to him in prayer. 
Uh, take the impossible things, that person you think will, can never be saved. Take those things to God in prayer. And, and you persist in prayer and you call upon the Lord and ask Him to strengthen you in faith so that you can see a supernatural victory. We're about to Resurrection Sunday, aren't we? That was a supernatural victory. And one day we'll see those supernatural victories happening. I listen, the, the cemetery is going to be one of the most exciting places to be when Jesus comes back to rapture his church. Okay. Yeah, hopefully you're going up with them, right? <laughs> Just observe it. But anyway, it is going to be amazing. So um, God will strengthen you in faith. He'll enable you to win supernatural victories. So how does he strengthen us in faith? He enables us to overcome debilitating fear, to choose rich rewards, to endure angry opposition, to escape devastating judgment, to experience unexpected miracles, to win supernatural victories, and to receive, I love this, surpassing grace. Isn't that wonderful? Look at this. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, welcomed the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed. Here is a picture of what the blood of Jesus can do. Rahab is a Canaanite. She's a member of a despised people. She's in a city called Jericho that was so wicked, God said there's a curse on anybody who rebuilds it. By the way, that curse came to pass later on when somebody rebuilt it. Um, she is a prostitute. She has lived a wicked life. But she decides, she hears about what God's doing over there to Sihon and Og and these guys. Where did he come up with these names? Uh, and uh, uh, God has given the Israelites a great victory. And she decides that she is going to stand with God's people and she's going to trust God rather than trusting her foreign gods. And she receives the spies in peace. And she trusts God. The spies tell her, okay, you, you've asked for us to spare you and your, and your family when we attack the city. You've got to put a scarlet cord in your window. Isn't that interesting? Scarlet cord. I wonder what that represents. The blood of Jesus. <laughs> right? <laughs> Hallelujah. And so they said, now, if you've got the scarlet cord there, we will honor your request and we won't hurt you or anybody in your home. You've got to have them in your home. Anybody in your home will not be, be hurt. Just as on the Passover, there was the mark of the blood to protect them from the death angel. So the scarlet cord is the mark that protects Rahab and her family. Rahab is spared. She becomes part of the people of God. And here it gets even better. She becomes an ancestor of Jesus Christ. Now, if, I, if that's not surpassing grace, I don't know what is. Isn't it amazing that our God can strengthen us in faith to turn from our sin and our old way of life to follow Jesus? And that he erases our past and he gives us a hope and a future. He, I love what, uh, I believe it's Joel, he talks about, he restores the years the locusts have eaten. And uh, God provides a future. What about Gomer? 
not Gomer Pyle. Gomer, in the Bible, who was another prostitute, God told Hosea to go marry a prostitute. I've always said I'm glad I wasn't an Old Testament prophet. Hosea, go marry a prostitute. Yes, Lord. And he goes and he marries her. Finally, she stays faithful for a while. Then she starts to stray and she starts to have these illicit relationships with others. And Hosea names his kids, not my son, not my people. You know, God has to have a sense of humor to put that in the Bible. Anyway, uh, finally she leaves him. And uh, she, she goes and she lives this life of prostitution. And uh, finally she's so used up that nobody wants her. And she's being sold on a slave auction block. And God tells Hosea, you go buy her back. Because this is what I'm going to do for Israel. She had nothing to offer. But God in his grace sent Hosea to buy her back. And she became his wife once more. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. We have nothing. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. But praise God, we have a Lord a God of surpassing grace who will strengthen us in faith to trust Him and will apply His grace to our lives and make us part of the bride of Christ even though we don't deserve it. This is the grace of our God. It is amazing indeed. Do you need to be strengthened by faith tonight? Look to Jesus. Lift up your eyes. Call upon his name. Remember what God told Jeremiah. Call unto me and I will answer thee and show the great and mighty things which thou knowest not. When you call on the Lord, he can strengthen you in faith and he can begin to do things in your life that are truly remarkable. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the hope of knowing, Lord, that as we look to you, you will strengthen us in faith, that you will sustain us, and you will provide exactly what we need to continue to trust you as we look to you. God, all of these things that you've done for your people in the past, Lord, we ask that you do these things in our lives, God, that you would strengthen us in faith so that we can see you work and move in mighty and powerful ways. For those who who may be unsaved, Lord, I pray that tonight would be the night. They would repent and put their trust in Jesus Christ and uh, begin to understand the surpassing grace of our great God. Thank you for Jesus who makes it possible. And we pray it in his name. Amen. We're going to have a time of invitation and I just want to invite you to respond to the Lord.